Well, good morning, Trinity. How are we doing today? Um, I just want to start by saying thank you to Pastor David and the leadership team for um, having me here this morning. It's such a, a blessing and an honor to be here. And um, Pastor David, we hope and pray that you're having um, a great time away with your family as you're getting some, um, some rest, and, and uh, we all pray for you. And I want to thank uh, Trinity, all of you as well, for... Um, just an amazing experience that my wife and I have had so far since um, joining the Trinity family. We came up here and moved from Long Island Christmas week of last year and been attending Trinity since the uh, beginning of January and uh, coming up and moving to a new area. I had the plans of going to a few different churches and figuring out where God was going to um, have us be planted and Trinity was the first church we came to, and the moment we walked in the door, um, I just felt the presence of God here, and I just, the Holy Spirit kind of just told me that this is where I want you and your family, and you guys have welcomed us, embraced us. It's been an amazing time. Pastor David has been so great, um, and we just feel blessed to, to call Trinity our home, so I just wanted to thank each and every one of you as well. Um, so before I begin, I want to tell you a quick little story about little Johnny here. You see, one morning, little Johnny and his mother were going home from church, and as they're in the car and they're driving home, Johnny's mother looks in the sky and sees a beautiful, double vivid rainbow in the sky, absolutely stunning. And she goes, Johnny, look up in the sky. Do you see that rainbow? I bet you God painted that rainbow just for you. And little Johnny goes, yeah, Mom, he did. And he did it left-handed. Puzzled, you know, Confused, his mother goes, Johnny, what on earth makes you think that God painted that rainbow with his left hand? He goes, well, Mom, this morning in Sunday school, we learned that Jesus sits on God's right hand. <laughs> Cute little joke. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus does sit at the right hand of God. As our second worship song said this morning, he is risen, Jesus is alive, amen? And... The point of the message this morning is that sometimes I think as Christians, we understand that. We know that we serve a risen Savior in Jesus Christ. Um, but sometimes I think we don't always, I think we take it for granted a little bit. And we don't understand the impact and the meaning of what it really truly means that Jesus did rise from the dead. Um, I do know in my own personal life, uh, I am the director of Teen Challenge and I have the, the wonderful opportunity to serve in a ministry that I truly love and Teen Challenge is a year-long residential program for those that struggle with drug and alcohol addiction. But I'm not only the director of the program, I'm actually a testimony of it because I went through the program myself. I have spent many years uh, dealing with my own addiction issues, hitting a rock bottom in my life. And um, it wasn't until I completely surrendered myself and turned myself to God and believed in this resurrection power that I was able to transform my own life. And Today, I want to bring us to the Word of God, and we're going to go and speak in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and read a few verses what the Apostle Paul uh, deals with an issue with the Corinthian church, an issue that they have trouble understanding what a bodily resurrection is, and, and it was a doctrinal issue that he had to address. And he used a very interesting um, way to go about it. He kind of played the what-if game. And many of you are probably familiar with that. It's something that we do in our heads all the time, right? We say, what if? We live in our own fantasy world. What if I got that job? What if I moved to this place? What if I, I, I got sick? Or We've all done it, right? The what if game. And the Apostle Paul does this in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians to kind of tell the church in Corinth, 
Well, this is what it would look like if there was no resurrection. So we're going to go over that this morning. But before we do, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have heard of a man named Harry Houdini? Most of you, right? Probably. He was a famous uh, magician. And he was known for his spectacular escapes. They said Houdini had the flexibility of an eel, the lives of a cat. They did all kinds of crazy things to try to incarcerate him. They'd seal him in a coffin, and he'd escape. They riveted him in a boiler, he'd escape. They sewed him up in canvas bags, he'd escape. They locked him in a milk can, he'd escape. They sealed him in a beer barrel, he'd escape. They even put him in a maximum security prison, and you guessed it, he escaped. But then in October 1926, death laid his hands on Harry Houdini and put him in a grave, and he's yet to escape. As a matter of fact, he told his wife, if there's any way to escape death, I will find it. If there's any way out, I will make contact with you, and we'll do it on the anniversary of my death. So for 10 years, she kept a light burning over his portrait, and at the end of 10 years, she turned out the light. Death had Houdini, and he couldn't escape. And death laid his hands on Jesus as well. It put Jesus in a tomb. And there was a stone in the mouth of that tomb, and a seal of the Roman government was placed upon that tomb. But, and I'm going to say this word but a few times today because it's so important, but on the third day, Jesus Christ stirred himself. He rose from the sleep of death, and Jesus Christ passed through the walls of that tomb. And Jesus Christ is alive. He's not behind us in a tomb. He's before us on a throne, sitting at the right hand of God, risen just like we were singing this morning. Amen? But what if, what if Jesus didn't rise from the dead? Such a thought is only a bad dream. Thank God it didn't happen that way. Christ did die on the cross. He did rise from the dead, and he is coming again. Sometimes nightmares or the what-ifs help us to appreciate what we have and what we have been given. And the purpose of this message this morning is that we may be filled with gratitude and awe as once again we walk by the cross and the empty tomb. But suppose death still had Jesus like it does Houdini. Then what? If you have your Bibles or it's going to be on the screen, we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to start with verse 13. And verse 13 says, If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. What if there's no resurrection? It really is a loaded question. Much like, what if you've never been born? But this question, what if there's no resurrection, is actually a very important question. Because the truth is, an entire faith, our entire Christian faith, hinges upon this one event. Churches today exist because they believe in the resurrection. Countless of millions of people place their faith in Christ because they believe his resurrection to be true. What would our lives look like if the resurrection never occurred? The Apostle Paul makes four points in a few verses here that we're going to touch on this morning. And so the first point comes from verse 14. And the Apostle Paul says, our message would be powerless. Verse 14 states, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Notice what the Bible says in verse 14. Our preaching is in vain. 
This word vain here means without effect or powerless. Paul says, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is powerless. What message are we preaching? That God loved you so much, and he loved me so much, right? He sent Jesus Christ to die on our cross for me and for you. He took our place, what we deserved, and paid that price for our sins. He suffered and died. He was buried in a borrowed tomb for three days. But, and this is the but, he rose again on the third day by the power of God. He ascended to heaven and now offers victory over sin through the cross and victory over death through the resurrection. You see, the purpose of preaching is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. But without the resurrection, there's no good news at all. The only news we have left is bad news, right? Think about it. Can you imagine sharing the gospel with somebody and, be, and telling them that because of their sin, they would now be separated from God for all of eternity in hell, a place full of fire and brimstone, a place where the fire is never quenched? Then can you imagine that person coming under the conviction of that sin and feeling the full weight and penalty and then have them beg you to tell them what to do? to escape the coming wrath that they're about to endure? If Christ has not been resurrected, the only thing we can tell these people is, hey, good luck with that. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, the Christian faith is based on a lie. If Christ is not raised from the dead, all of the preaching and evangelistic work of the church throughout all of the centuries has been for nothing. If Christ was not raised from the dead, we have no hope of life beyond the grave. If Christ was not raised from the dead, most of what we do in church today is no better than the activities of a social club. If Christ was not raised from the dead, it would make sense to spend our Sundays, our efforts, our money in other ways. So picture this. Is everyone here familiar with Publisher Clearinghouse? The, the organization that comes with the big check at your front door, right, telling you you win all this money? Imagine one Saturday afternoon they show up at your door. And they say, congratulations, you're our grand prize winner. You just won $20 million. Anybody be excited? Right? That'd be nice. So you begin thinking about all you would do with the money. All right? You pay off your debt, pay off that mortgage, put away some money for your children's college fund. You got to pay Uncle Sam. And we're going uh, to tithe, right? Got to tithe. But even after all that, there's plenty left over. Now, I'm sure you'd be excited. But there's a problem. It's not true. You've actually been caught on candid camera. And there's no sweepstakes. There's no winner. There's no money. It's all a lie. Now, that message wouldn't just be a powerless message. That would be a cruel message, right? Anybody would be upset if that happened to them? It's the same thing. If there's no resurrection and Jesus didn't rise from the dead, it's not even just a powerless message. All we have left is a cruel message. But our message is not powerless because Christ has risen. And Paul says this in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You see, our message is not powerless. I've seen the preaching of the cross change lives, bring men and women to the point of repentance. 
I've seen drug addicts be saved and released. Alcoholics give up the booze. Marriages restored. Prisoners set free from <clears throat> their sin. And hateful people falling in love with Jesus. And that's what I love most about the ministry of Teen Challenge where I get to serve in. I see the worst that society has to offer. The most hopeless cases you can imagine, and I was one of them. And I see the saving power of Jesus Christ transform lives on a daily basis. And there's no greater joy than seeing that happen. And it's all possible because we serve a living, risen Savior in Jesus. The second point that the Apostle Paul makes here in, in regards to if there was no resurrection comes also from verse 14. And he says, our faith would be useless. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and so is your faith. Paul continues by saying, if Christ has not risen, then our faith is in vain. In other words, what good is faith if Christ hasn't risen from the dead? If it never really happened, then your faith is useless. If Christ has not risen, then it's all a myth, and there's no need to follow him with your life. You can live any way you want, act any way you want, say anything you want, and it doesn't matter. You see, if Christ isn't risen, our faith wouldn't matter at all. Have you ever heard it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe? Anybody ever heard that? Oh, I hate it. Oh, it's terrible. It's absolutely absurd. It's faith in faith. Faith is only as good as its object. You can believe with all of your heart that your car will fly. You can take your car... 80 miles an hour over to the edge of the Grand Canyon, believing it will fly. But does your believing it make it true? Anybody want to do it? I didn't think so, right? If your car had been designed to fly, then believing that fact would be necessary for you to benefit from that feature. But faith is only as good as its object. And our object as Christians is Jesus. And our faith lies in the fact that he has risen. And I believe that in every one of us, there's a desire to find something or someone we can trust. Someone who, when all things seem to be falling apart in our lives, will be there for us. That can help us no matter how bad things get. And that person, folks, is Jesus. We can have faith in him because we know that he has risen, that he defeated death, that he does what he says and says what he does. And here's a way to look at it. Anybody go car shopping recently? When you go looking for a car, what are you looking for? What's number one on the list? Besides the color, besides the horsepower, right? What's the number one thing? You really want reliability, right? Nobody wants to buy a car that we know is not going to um, last. So what does the car company do? They offer you a warranty. And the warranty tells you to what extent you can trust them in their product. So some warranties are for three years, 36,000 miles. Some might be five years, 50,000. Or if you're lucky, you get the 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. But the problem with these warranties is they'll eventually run out. You can trust them, but only for a period of time. And our relationship with others is the same way at times. Even in the best relationships, the best marriages, people will fail us and let us down sometimes. But I believe in the heart of every person, there's the deepest longing to be completely be able to trust someone and someone who won't let you down. And that trust is found in Jesus. 
Jesus gives us his manufacturer's warranty, right? And the great thing about his warranty is that it has no mileage limit and it never expires. I want to sign up for that. Where do I sign on the outline, right? If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we cannot trust him with our lives, and we certainly cannot trust him with our eternity. But... Fortunately for us, Jesus did rise from the dead. It's real, not fake. It's true, not a lie. We can trust him with our lives and we can live for him. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, The life I now live, I live in, in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because Christ is risen, you can trust him. You can trust him with your life, your family, your friendships, your finances, your future, all of it. The third point the Apostle Paul makes here in this passage of Scripture comes from verse 17. And he says, Our salvation without the resurrection would be pointless. Verse 17 says, If Christ is not risen, our faith is worthless and we are still in our sins. Not only is our faith without foundation, as we see in verse 14, it's worthless, useless. What good is it? Does our faith give us salvation? No, not if the one who claimed he could take away our sins is still in a tomb in Jerusalem. If payment for wrongdoing is not made, there can be no forgiving and forgetting of sins in a moral universe. If the one in whom we placed our faith as Savior never really triumphed over death, what proof do we have that the debt for our sins has been paid? Without the resurrection, the death penalty remains for our sins. Romans 6.23 tells us what that death penalty is. For the wages of sin is death. We are still held liable for our wrongdoings. We are still in our sins. We are guilty. And not even the best lawyers can get us out of this one. Is there any lawyers here? Anybody want to take on this case? If there's no resurrection, there's no redemption, and no reconciliation with God. Think about it like this. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, we are still guilty of our sin before God. If we are still guilty of our sin... If we still owe a debt for our sin, then we cannot have fellowship with God at all. Sin separates us from a holy God. If we are still in our sins, then it means that God is holding our sin against us. To have fellowship with God, our sin must be forgiven. And I think that's pretty simple to understand, right? No resurrection means no forgiveness. Salvation promises a future. A resurrection one day and a home forever in heaven. I actually think Pastor David is going to be preaching a series on heaven, I think starting next week. I know I'm looking forward to that, so we're going to hear more about that topic soon. But if Christ has not been raised from the dead, we can't expect to be raised from the dead either. If Jesus didn't rise again, then we can't experience salvation at all. Now, you can ask me, well, I thought Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. And he did. You're right. Verse 3 of this chapter says, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. But the resurrection is just as important to our salvation. Romans 4.25 tells us, He was handed over on account of our transgressions, and he was raised on account of our justification. The reason that God raised his son from the dead was twofold. And I want us to get this this morning because it's very important. Reason number one, it was to vindicate that Jesus was truly innocent of sin. And number two, it was to validate our forgiveness as a demonstration that God had received Christ's sacrifice for us. 
Aren't we thankful today that Christ is risen? Is anybody thankful for that? And as a result of that, uh, that uh, resurrection, salvation is not pointless. In fact, it's absolutely essential and necessary. It's not pointless. It's actually the point to all of life that we may get to experience and have the assurance of salvation and spend eternity with our Creator and our Heavenly Father. And the fourth and final point I just want to make here this morning that the Apostle Paul talks about comes from verse 19. If there was no resurrection, our life would be hopeless. Verse 19 says, If Christ is not risen, and if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. Why? Why does he say we should be pitied more than all men? Because everything we're living for is a lie. And it doesn't matter if there's no resurrection. We have sacrificed, surrendered, suffered, labored, and hoped for nothing but an illusion. We are superstitious fools living in a dream world. If Jesus is not alive today, this fantasy may give us peace of mind and hope right now, but so what? Why all the sweat and the tears if it's just a delusion? As far as the Apostle Paul was concerned, if there's no resurrection the more logical lifestyle would be to live it up and do your own thing. And this is exactly what he says in verse 32. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. In other words, live for yourself and for the pleasures now, because that's all there is. And isn't it sad, especially in today's atheistic society, we see that mindset so prevalent everywhere. It's really sad. If there's nothing beyond this life, just be your own God and do whatever you want. But there's really no hope for that. Without the resurrection, dead Christians have perished and living Christians are to be pitied. Paul is very blunt here. He doesn't beat around the bush. If Christ isn't risen, then you and I are simply just fools. Let's take life into our own hands and live it up. What's stopping us? I'll tell you what's stopping me. I used to live like that. I really did. Before I knew the message of the gospel, I lived just for the day. I had no hope, no joy, no peace, no assurance of the future. I had only the things of the world to look to, which gave me false promises of the things I desired. In fact, it actually led me to a life of addiction and bondage. But because of Jesus, because I believe in the resurrection today, I now have this hope. In this life, and the hope and assurance of the next. So let's be honest. We want our lives to count for something. To matter, to make a difference. And the good news is Christ did rise from the dead. So instead of being pitied, Christians, we actually should be envied. Because the life we live does matter. And that's why Paul says in verse 58 of this chapter... Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. I'd like to invite the worship team up as I close out here. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ matters because it's true, and apart from it, our message, our faith, our salvation and our life, all are meaningless, and the whole Christian faith in itself 
would be worthless. So up here on the screen, we have the four points that Paul made in these verses. And again, these are the what-if points, right? It's not the reality, but it's the what-if Christ didn't rise from the dead. But because he did, the true points are our message is not powerless, but it's a message that has the power of God. Our faith is not useless, but it's our confidence. Our salvation is not pointless, but it's the whole point of life. And our life is not hopeless, but full of hope of the glory of God. Amen? So I'm going to wrap it up with this. Many of you probably know the game show, Let's Make a Deal, right? The contestants often have to choose between a prize that's visible to them and a prize that was concealed behind a curtain. Most of the time, the visible prize is usually a nice item. An expensive stereo set, a TV, something like that. And sometimes the unseen prize behind the curtain is some kind of gag gift, like 10,000 boxes of toothpicks. But at other times, the person chose the visible gift only to discover behind the curtain is a car worth thousands of dollars. Whenever that happened, you would feel with the contestant this awful pit in your stomach that comes from making a major wrong choice. Each person here today faces a far more serious choice. You can live for the things of you see in this world and miss the unseen eternal prize, or you can let go of the things of this world and pursue the eternal reward. God has told us in his word that the eternal prize behind the curtain far outweighs any temporal prize you can pursue. The resurrection of Jesus is the sure evidence that what he taught was true. If you base your life on it, you have sure hope for time and eternity. If you pursue anything else, it will ultimately result in futility. What if? What if there was no resurrection? It's just a question the Apostle Paul asked to make them understand and appreciate the best prize, the best news, that Jesus is risen. Amen? And we could build our life on that fact. If you would all just stand up with us as we close in a time of worship, and then Pastor Anthony is going to pray us out. I want to leave us with this one last verse, the very words of Jesus here, from John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. And this one verse sums up this whole message this morning. And that is, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Can we be grateful and thankful this morning that we do serve a living, risen Savior? Amen. Thank you so much for having me.